Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. We're in Judges 9. Uh, we're at the point here where Gideon, he has gotten the nickname Jerobel. Jerobel, because he tore down the altar of Baal. So they're calling him Jerobel. It's kind of a nickname. It means I take these false gods down. Jerobel, Gideon, he has retired after conquering the Midianites, and all of Israel enjoys 40 years of peace right up until the time that he dies. Gideon had just passed away, and they had peace in Israel all through his, the remainder of his days. Father, as we go into Judges 9, I ask you, Lord God, that whether I do this one good or not good, that uh, your word is what speaks beyond me. Uh, bring us understanding, Holy Spirit, to understand what you're trying to tell us in this book, because I'm just a man. Lord, I'm the mouthpiece, but uh, the understanding and the speaking really comes from you. Thank you for being here today. This is your church. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, Judges 9 and 1. It's talking about Abimelech's conspiracy. Then Abimelech, the son of Jerobel, went to Shechem to his mother's brothers and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you, that all seventy of the sons of Jerobel reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember that I am your flesh and bone. And his mother's brothers spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of the men of Shechem. And their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. So they gave him seventy shekels of silver from the temple of Belbereth, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. Okay, so Abimelech, his name, the very meaning of his name, it comes from two Hebrews, Hebrew words, which means father and king. Now, the Bible also speaks of other Abimelechs that are in the Bible. Uh, some are some Philistine kings, but this one uh, is just one of, uh, of several in the Bible. It means uh, father king, so to speak, uh, play on words in his name. But this Abimelech, the son of Gideon, of Jerobel, it says here, he hired what says, it says there, worthless and reckless men. What is that talking about? Because I always say you're, you're, you're not worthless. What is, what is it talking about when it says worthless and reckless men? What it means is that they are unproductive. They don't contribute to society at all. They have no values. They have no respect for anything or anyone. And being reckless, it means they're going to have no conscience or remorse for the damage that they're about to inflict. Abimelech is like, these are the kind of guys I want. Reckless and worthless men. 
And so, by hiring these worthless men, Abimelech intends to destroy, to take the kingship. He's going to do some bad things here now in Judges 9 and 5. Then he went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jeroboam, on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left because he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, all of Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king beside the terebinth tree at the pillar that was in Shechem. Okay, so Abimelech is made king by the terebinth tree at the pillar. Apparently, this tree was well known. It was, it was probably a sacred place that had some significant meaning in their day. And so holding the coronation at this special location at this tree would have been for the public to regard him as sacred too. He's trying to make the people think, boy, I'm really something. We're even going to do this at the tree, the special place. And so doing it there, Abimelech is trying to take his role as king in a way that would seal it in the minds of the people. Oh, we, we had the coronation and we had it at the terebinth tree right there. This is a big deal. He really wants people to get behind him on this. But you got one problem, Abimelech. Jotham got away. What's going to happen? Judges 9 and 7. This is one of those parables. It's called the parable of the trees. And when you read parables, sometimes you walk away going, what in the world? (laughs) So let's see what we get out of it here. Judges 9 and 7. Now, when they told Jotham, he went and stood up on Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and cried out. And he said to them, listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. That's starting off bold, if you ask me. <laughs> listen to me, that God might listen to you. <laughs> now, if ever I opened a sermon like that, would y'all go, son of a gun, he's serious, okay? Well, this guy just had his brothers killed. He's fiery, okay? The youngest son of Gideon here, Jotham, he climbs up on this mountain to shout down at all these people. And he's the youngest one. So most everybody's probably older than he is. They probably ridicule him for his youth. They're probably like, well, what do you know, little pipsqueak? What do you know? I'm so much older than you. You don't know anything. Who are you to tell me these things? You can, you've been there. You've been there where somebody was, oh, I'm taller than you. I'm older than you. I'm this, I'm that. I've got bigger arms. I'm not listening to you. He doesn't care. He's on fire. Jotham's boldness is jet-fueled right now, I would say. He's, he's lit because 70, his 70 brothers were just murdered. So he's got a fiery one for everybody. He's about to call out all the people to accountability before God. He says, listen to me that God will listen to you. Boy, if that doesn't call accountability, I don't know what does. Go get them, Jotham. I'm getting riled up watching Jotham go. It's like, yeah, we need more guys like this today. So anyway, he's going to call them to accountability by speaking through a parable. The parables are very powerful. Jesus used a lot of parables. Let's read it. Judges 9 and 8. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go sway over trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, 
Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over trees? Then the trees said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Should I cease my new wine with cheers, both God and men, and go to sway over trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. I see confused looks. What in the world is that? Jotham makes use of personified trees in this parable to make his point. Some trees wanted a king. And so they go ask the olive tree, the fig tree, and the grapevine. And you'll notice every one of these trees that they go and ask all have something productive about them. They all have something they give, something beneficial that they produce for the benefit of others. Olive trees, they produce oil. And what they would use oil for is anointing men for priest work unto God. Fig trees, they produce figs. That's, that was a, a very common fruit in Israel that was for other people so that they could, they could eat. And grapevines produced grapes. They produced wine with, with which cheers to both God and men. And so these three trees, they turned down being king. They said no. They rejected being king because they would rather be useful in their service than be elevated to a role where they couldn't do what they were good at doing. I'd rather be doing what I'm good at doing than not do it and be made a ruler and go sway over others. I can give something. I've got something I can do, is what the trees were answering here. So, So they turned it down. They would rather perform their service than be elevated up. These trees reflect a picture of Gideon. In the previous chapter, they said, be king over us, and Gideon turned it down. He said no to that, because he recognized that he was a better fit in God's will not to be a king, but to utilize the abilities that God had given him for the benefit of Israel. He fought for Israel. He destroyed the Midianites. That's what Gideon could do. Be king over us. No. So here's this parable coming out about these trees. No, we're not going to do it. We're better off producing what we produce. And so these trees, they represent someone who's productive, like Gideon, who found their worth in, their, in what they could produce rather than being given power to sit and do nothing. But in the parable, when the personified trees became desperate, desperate, desperate to have a king, they asked the bramble to rule. What is a bramble? <laughs> a bramble is like a thorn bush. It's like a, a cactus. A thorn bush doesn't really produce much of anything. You know, it's prickly, and it, it's, it injures anything that gets too close to it. I remember one time uh, I got into a, a rose bush one time, and it got me. <laughs> it, you get too close to this thing, it's going to injure you. It's going to hurt you. This bramble represents Abimelech. He's not productive. He just killed 70 men. And we have to remember that verse 4 says that the guys he hired are worthless. They're worthless. They don't produce anything. 
These guys don't produce anything good for anyone else's benefit. All they do is hurt and injure and kill. And Jotham is saying that Abimelech, the guy they just made as king, he is absolutely worthless. You can hear how fiery he is. Whew. It's like, man, y'all are pathetically desperate to pick such an abrasive murderer like Abimelech to be your king. Like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Jotham just publicly called Abimelech out to expose him for exactly what he is. Worthless and damaging. And so Jotham's parable, it shows us two different kinds of people. There are givers and there are takers. There's people that build up and there's people that tear down. uh, the, The takers make demands through threats. Look at verse 14 again. The trees asked the bramble to rule and the bramble said to the trees, if in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not... Let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Do you hear the threat? Get under me or I'll hurt you. Isn't that what he just did to the 70? Abimelech, get under me or I'm going to hurt you. Does this sound familiar? Have you ever heard anything like this out there in the world today? Do what I say or I'm going to hurt you. Goes on all the time. A lot of brambles out there. So many people want to rule, but not many people want to serve, do they? It's a very ungodly world out there. We have a lot of brambles and not very many productive trees. But one thing that I saw here that the bramble says is get under my shade. Guys, when I'm looking for shade, the last thing I'm going to try to get under is a thorn bush. I'm telling you, I will not do it. (laughs) We had a ranch and we had briar patches and we would try to uh, hunt uh, jackrabbits. And we'd try to shoot them, you know, and uh, we'd get the meat and, and uh, feed them to the dogs and stuff. Dogs love a good jackrabbit, let me tell you. But sometimes that jackrabbit would make it under a briar patch. And once you got under there, you are not getting in there. You are not getting under that briar patch. You can't get under there. And if you tried to get under there, you're going to tear yourself up. And so here's this brambles telling the people, get under my shade. Something very wrong with that. Very wrong. You'll get hurt. Because a bramble, by its very nature, is going to hurt you. That's what it does. That's what it is. And so in Jotham's parable here, when you hear about a worthless, unproductive, damaging bramble calling for productive trees to get under me, Jotham is trying to tell the people, guys, what are you doing? This makes no sense at all. Abimelech is going to hurt you. If you get under him, I think Jotham is basically telling everybody how stupid they are. Look at what you're doing. What is this? Abimelech, the bramble, the worthless bramble, just mass murdered 70 sons of Gideon. Gideon, the man who saved all of them from the Midianites. And you make this goofball, Abimelech, your king. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why would anybody do such a thing as that? Because they feared the threat of the bramble. They feared his threat. The bramble said in verse 15, If you don't get under my shade, then let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Okay, first of all, 
cedars can't get under a thorn bush. They're way too big. If you've ever seen a cedar tree in a thorn bush, I mean, it's like David and Goliath stuff. One's big, one's not. It can't get under. They're too big. Later in history, we're going to see that the temple is going to be built from the cedars of Lebanon. It's going to be built from cedars. They're huge. They're very, very strong. They have a lot of worth to them, cedar trees. What in the world is a dinky little thorn bush think it's doing by telling a cedar tree, get under me? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't add up. I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, actually. A thorn bush can't hardly even cast a shadow on a cedar tree. <laughs> so how is it that the bramble's threat is able to scare the cedars at all? How is the threat of the bramble able to scare everybody? Because bramble, was, bramble bushes were often used to kindle fire. Fire, something destructive again. You get some bramble wood, you can start a fire with it in your home to cook. The bramble is small, it's puny, it has no strength to it whatsoever. You can't build anything with a bramble. It's not productive for making anything that others can use. However, it can light up a quick and destructive fire. It can do damage. And that is what scares the cedars. Abimelech had nothing to utilize. He had no cards up his sleeve except bully tactics. You turn on the news, what do you see? Bully tactics. Trying to scare everybody into getting under them. If you don't vote for this guy, oh, here's what's going to happen. If you don't do this, here's what's going to happen. If you don't agree with my group, this is what's going to happen to you. Bully tactics all over the place. We have to remember that at the end of chapter 8, it had said that the people forgot about the Lord and everything He'd done to save them from their enemies. They forgot that God saved them. So here come these bully tactics. They're going to fall for it. When you forget the Lord your God, bully tactics will scare you. The flip side of the coin is also true. When you remember the Lord your God, bully tactics will not phase you one bit. So when you forget your history, like the Israelites did, you're doomed to repeat it. And right here is when the people of Israel are just about to go right back down their next damaging downward spiral again. And Judges, all we've been seeing is the people messed up. They forgot about God. They went down a bad, dark path, and God had to send a judge to save them. And then it happened again, and it happened again, and here we go again. It's going to start all over again. And so Jotham, the one that escaped Abimelech, and I will tell you he escaped Abimelech by God's divine protection. God spared him just for this purpose. Jotham is now fired up enough to call everybody to accountability. And all of them fully understand the meaning of this parable that he's giving them. Judges 9 and 16. Now therefore, if you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jerobel and his house, and have done done to him as he deserves, for my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian, but you have risen up against my father's house this day, and killed his 70 sons on one stone, and made Abimelech, the son of his female servant, you notice he didn't even say wife, that's a concubine here, and made Abimelech, the son of his female servant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jeroboam and with his house this day, then 
rejoice in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Bethmillo, and let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Bethmillo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled, and he went to Beer and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his brother. Boy, Jotham just raked Abimelech over the coals. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty fiery stuff, isn't it? Oh, if y'all did the right thing, then by all means enjoy each other. But if not, let fire come out of him to burn you, and fire come out of you to burn him. Whoa, what's going on here? He just sharply, severely rebuked everybody for accepting this worthless bramble king, Abimelech. But Jotham's rebuke was not just warning. It also had curse in it. You saw that. Because he said, fire is going to come out of Abimelech and the people to devour all of them both ways. Jotham just cursed. You're all going down for this. You're all going down. He did say, listen to me, that God might listen to you. I think he's offering people a chance to repent. But I'm inclined to think that nobody did, because Jotham had to run away and flee out of fear, because I can take it the people didn't take his speech very well at all, did they? They didn't like what they heard, so he had to leave. Guys, that, that's always a concern for me in the position that I am in, calling people to repentance, especially when you go speak at another place, another church you're not familiar with, you don't know everybody in the building, how they're going to take your call to repentance. You go to another country, you don't know what the people over there are going to think about what you said, and you call them to repentance, you don't know if they're going to love you or hate you. I can see where Jotham's at. And so he ran away to go hide. They didn't receive it very well. But they didn't have a sense of remorse or repentance because he had to run away. These people are pretty well doomed. They're in trouble. Judges 9 and 22. After Abimelech had reigned over Israel three years, God sent a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. People don't realize that God does this kind of stuff. He sent a spirit of ill will. Oh, God would never do that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> to accomplish his will, to get the knuckleheads, the willful damaging sinners that will come in and destroy, that don't care about you and your life, they do damage, they take from you. God has a way with dealing with those kind of people. You let God deal with them. He will. So he sent that spirit of ill will. God made his move. So there you go. Just like Jotham had said would happen, there's a revolt that's starting to brew. Hey, Abimelech's the one that picked them, didn't he? He's got trouble with them now. You chose them, Abimelech. Those are your friends that you picked. You made your bed, lay in it. And if you read ahead, you're going to see that Abimelech is going to be dead by the end of this chapter. Poof, goes the Bramble King. God has made his move to take Abimelech down. When your ambition is for selfish gain, like Abimelech, when it's all about you, and never for the building up of anybody else. That is ungodly behavior which causes major trouble. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.